Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. You're listening to the Spoken Word program on 3CR. We're proud to be broadcasting from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and I pay my respect to Elders past, present and emerging. My name is Carmen Main and our guest today is Anthony Riddell. Anthony is a writer and performance poet of 27 years standing, regularly appearing with the Dan Poets at the Dan O'Connell Hotel. His artistic output spans four decades and includes involvement in the punk and music industry in Sydney and Melbourne, including with the bands Nada and Volvox, and many years performing with and writing for Weave Movement Theatre. In 2018, he was awarded with a Writability Fellowship through Writers Victoria to develop the manuscript The Sun Is Not Fun. In 2019, he was highly commended for Writers Victoria Publishability Fellowships. He's self-published 16 earlier written works and artist books, and his writing has been described as uncanny, irrational stories marked with surrealist wordplay. On Spoken Word today, we have our guest, Anthony Riddell, and he's just picking his first piece to read from a a collection that I believe has been republished called Animal Cure. Did I get that? It's not a collection. Oh, it's a novel. Yeah, it's a novel. Perfect. First done in 2007. Large drops could be heard rattling against the roof. Someone evidently touched the rain. I don't know who or why. I was informed that the rain was of saliva. This may very well have been unpleasant. However, some may have enjoyed it. After a while, these meteorological events subsided and were replaced by an odd scrabbling sound. I looked. Many beetles moved on the large piece of amplified sandpaper. Was this ethical? Was some poltroon exploiting these beautiful creatures for their own ends? Evidently. More of the mucus-coated coal was present. Johann Sebastian watched them slowly move upon the floor of the girdle with interest. His fascination mounted as he watched. It slid towards a closed door and halted. Soon, the door slightly opened. A wizened hand emerged, seized the matter and withdrew. The door was firmly closed. Was the room behind the door really the same colour as the inside of a mouth? An emboldened Johann Sebastian throat firmly to the door and rapped upon it. He 
only heard a distant scorching, summoning more courage than perhaps was necessary. He grasped the handle and pushed the door open. The room was the same colour as the inside of a mouth. Thank you. I, I really like how your passages of writing ask the reader questions in unique ways like the ethics. And, yeah, thank you. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> when you wrote this in 2007, 2007? Yes. Um, what, what was your inspiration I had a lot of inspirations. Yeah. Um, I was affected more, more defined by my my brain injury that Mm. has been a a defining feature of my existence and Mm. of of my writing. Mm -hmm. Of course. Yes. Yes. And. what was irking me at that time? Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, or uh, it is an exposition mm. of my sometime philosophy and uh, an ex- uh, a, at, at, up to a particular stage. Now I'm writing. But well, what I think is far more advanced, but yes, yeah. you, the listener will find out. Yes, we will find out. Um, so you say the writing now is more advanced. Do you more? How? What? How, in what way is it more advanced? Oh, there are more. I have had. A, a quite profound therapy, mm. several quite profound therapies, mm-hmm. and they upped my IQ quite significantly. And you're obviously still enjoying writing. Is writing oh, yes. something that you have you always loved to write? Um, uh, I think, I think so. Of you not so much write as create. Yeah. And for core things to be born, and I found that writing is the my, is the best way of doing that. Of of I do a lot of drawings. Well, I, I can do. I have done a lot of drawings. Mm. Uh, but that at the moment is not as fulfilling as. Uh, writing. Mm. And I understand at the moment, um, do you have a, a mentorship or fellowship at the writers, Victorian writers? Yes, I do. That's really great. How did you get that opportunity? I, through through repeated exposure, I think. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, uh, my approaching them... But uh, and none of the manuscript uh, mm-hmm. was it? 
That's okay. So you you approach them with a manuscript and I approached them with Amy's but then I would draw on another one. Mm. Just, the sun is not fun. The sun is not fun, yes, yes. that's right. So they are, are um sort of help not helping you but um they're helping in that they're really behind your work and supporting yes, you write that. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Really excellent. And the sun is not fun is due later this year or next year? Oh, um, um, okay, um, I don't know when. Yes, that's okay. Um, it's not really up to me. Oh, okay, it's okay. Up to forces. The, the forces. <laughs> yeah, the forces that control my output. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yes. Can I ask very briefly about the title, The Sun Is Not Fun?, uh, it's a fun title, even well, though it, um, it, uh, the name of it was originally titled a letter that I wrote to a British magazine called the Fourteen Times. I called it the letter. The sun is not fun, mm-hmm. and it was about some some various. It's the findings about the sun that I'd, I'd heard, read about saying that the sun is not is is not the the, the burning thing that we know, but, but it's quite hard and cold and mm. um, wet, so sunny, sunny, sunny is. Is not nothing to do with the thunder. I mean, mm. I'm sure that Professor Brian Cox would disagree. No, he wouldn't disagree. I think he would agree with you absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm only quoting other some writers, several writers like this. Um, like the philosopher George Gadeff mm-hmm. and the writer Robert Temple, mm. but they didn't print the letter, and so I, I thought, oh. I like that title, I thought, The Sun Is Not Funny is a very good title, but it can't title, and I I wrote a book, and the name with, with several, quite, quite separate, different um, concepts, all coming together, hmm. and so it. One of them, one of them is tomatoes and potatoes, mm-hmm. and another is spherical heads. People with spherical heads. Mm. There's a suburb called Water Gardens. Yes. I feel that someone there has a spherical head. <laughs> yep. They, they probably do. Well, maybe they do. And I love in. I think if I could pick one theme that I've noticed in your work that I've read over time, is that you do draw these ideas, and they might seemingly be so separate from each other, but you pull them all together in this way that's so 
un- unexpected and for me it makes me smile. I really enjoy reading your writing. Thank you. Thank you. That's okay. That, that's essentially what the sun and the fun is. Three disparate elements and they come come together and I understand that a lot of your creative energy um, went into the music scene as well when you were... Oh, yes, um, in several ways. I was actually in a, a boys' choir. Oh, okay. A boys' choir, was that when you were young, young, at primary school, high school? Between... Uh, yes, uh, when, uh, in the end of... From school. Oh, wow. Did you enjoy choir? Uh, not really, but um, looking back on it, it was some, some great things. Yeah. Some um, great concepts. Okay. That came across. That's music. Music concepts in choir? Yes, or well, we did weddings. Oh, okay. And... The, the the choir master was quite a, quite accomplished organist, the Adelaide City organist. Oh wow! Okay, that's a pretty fancy thing to be doing as a a young young man going along in the choir singing for weddings and special events and occasions. Yeah, well, yes, I suppose. You suppose? <laughs> Very modest, I think. Um, and so after choir, obviously, did the, like all the sounds coming together, the voices coming together, did that kind of inspire or were there other bits of music along that you were interested in to eventually be playing in really experimental and interesting music projects? Um, so I, I suppose possibly. Mm. Uh, Oh, I'm actually not really sure how to answer that. That's okay. Uh, it's perhaps not a very great question from me. I was more curious. Oh, curiosity is a fine thing. <laughs> Thank you. Perhaps we might take a moment and listen to some music. Would you like me to play something from Volvox, perhaps? I'd love you to. Oh, blue. They were all blue. 
eggs and even stranger containers. Even stranger containers. Even stranger You're listening to 3CR 855 AM, the voice of the community. 3CR, community radio, giving the voice to the community since 1976. We are going to enjoy another reading from Anthony's novel now, which is being launched at the Dan this Saturday. Um, whenever you're ready, Anthony, love to hear some more. Dr. Bing Bang poured blue fluid upon itself. Some fell on... Leatherland. She slowly licked it. It tasted of water. Perhaps food colouring had been employed. Leatherland remembered Dr. Bing Bang's dubious behaviour towards her entire past. She bore no sympathy for that misanthropic relic. That strange incident with a tape. Dr. Bing Bang was not a sweet, old, eccentric, but an anti-Delivian monster. Pablo Tata carried a sign which read, Banana is the plural of bananum. This person's who bore signs saying, Stop! or Don't! really think that they could order their decisions for monolithic structure with signs? Pablo was unprepared for the sheer inundation utterings of war that his placard attracted. Persons on the train looked loudly as Ichabod greeted the one humped donkey with unfamiliar calls. Was a television program involved? Nothing could be considered complete until it was complete. It seemed to be an Unpalatable answer for everything. At the next station, the donkey and Ichabod looked forward to their stop. When the train briefly halted and passengers were permitted to leave, Ichabod and the donkey were among them. Philosophy met physiology. And stay out. She would gleefully chirp to the person who left the sit seat 
to sit elsewhere. Such behavior was legal. This increase of in public rudeness was difficult to explain. Perhaps was related to the reduction in strength of Earth's gravity. This was probably a symptom of the total collapse euphemistically called global warming or climate change. The difficulty lay in the paradigm employed. Ways that were beneficial to life were shunned or put in a special compartment by a more wasteful but convenient way that dominated. This state of affairs was seen as the only way many persons could not even think of anything else. Who can tell us about donkey saliva? Loudly wondered Ichabod as he watched Salome the donkey. Spectorate, donkey pass was also questioned. No one was available to enlighten him. Idle moments, he wondered how many fish fingers the human-eared cap would provide. It must be stressed that he hid such thoughts from the animal concerned. Apparently, he was not strict enough in the application of this policy for the fish ceased making any attempt to communicate. A selection of many small circle rocks lay on a ridge. They seemed to have been rounded by the sea. Strawberry gazed at some. She was not happy. The number of persons in dog suits rushing to the edge of the road and saying, I number, rushed to the edge of the road and said, Walk. By this stage, Ms. Lepit was becoming hostile. Two of the dogs leapt playfully at her. She was not prepared for what she called a dopey assault. She lost her balance and was hard pressed not to fall over. Her hand leapt to the weapon, tucked into her belt. No! Strawberry! Don't! It was probably a her name that momentarily disconcerted her. At, in, in that moment, the vehement of her reaction was lost, and the hand that was to hurt burst harmlessly. He was a gentleman with ugly blotches on his face. Strawberry had met him somewhere. Claude? Egbert! Why was he here? They exchanged arms used, but Strawberry still had trouble recording, recalling 
Ichabod Snell. I see, mused Strawberry. The human form has the potential for a tale which has been bequeathed by a supposedly primate ancestors in the human, co human coccyx is the potential possibilities possibilities prehensor weighing the tail to show pleasure balance defense the being of great age spoke my name is Dr. Bing Bang I'm glad you, that you considered these matters. Similarly, I have considered them that ultimately led to these persons. But Dr. Bing Bang, continued Strawberry, my quandary is this. I don't, you know, Ichabod doesn't, possibly nobody feels phantom pain in their coccyx. But the tower supposedly was. What do you say? No one? I would argue that this pain is constant is a constant thing. In this way, this way it resembles sound. Not many persons have been in an environment that lacks sound. Sound is constantly there. And you cannot speak from everyone on earth. One, two, yes, a few, many, many more. I'm still with you, but everyone? It would take one in seven thousand million to punch at your comp and send them blowing raspberries that out to fit it to the ground. But that is hypothetical, Dr. Bing Bang. I prefer matters that are, have occurred or, or about to occur. Why limit yourself to the dull empirical? Are you describing me as dull, limited, echoed, senseless conflict? Could a being entirely made of plasticine? Ever be head of the Roman Catholic Church? I don't know. A very soft pope. I knew someone like that. Ah, those were the days. Me, we weren't large. These days, you can't see them. Microscopic. Did they have popes in that, those days, Dr. Bing Bang? Popes are a human concept, and there were no humans. All is quiet. Has everyone dissolved? We might wrap things up, but I want to make sure the listeners know about your upcoming performance at the at the Dan O'Connell Poetry Readings. Yes. And this Saturday, you're going to be reading some more excerpts from your book. With, with some uh, couple, some couple of others. Yeah, with a couple of others as well. We're going to 
do a shared feature. Yes. Yeah. Um, and if people are interested, the Dan O'Connell's on every Saturday. But, yeah, this Saturday you'll get to see Anthony Riddell. And, um, yeah, there's lots of different people, different spoken word, but it'd be amazing to be there to support Anthony and to please, hear his work. Please come, listeners. Yeah, please come down, listeners, because it's great to listen on the radio, but it's even nicer to see you in person. If you can be there, please be there. Be there or be in Canada. Canada. <laughs> Canada doesn't sound like a bad idea, but I think I'd prefer to be at the Dan. <laughs> um, thank you so much for your time today, Anthony, and to, to read so much of your work and um, sharing with me. Um, so, yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Spoken Word on 3CR. My name's Carmen Main, and our guest today was Anthony Riddell. Anthony will be performing at the Dan O'Connell Poetry Readings this Saturday on the 23rd of November. It starts off at 2pm and we'd love to see you there. For more information on Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene and spoken word scene, check out melbournespokenword.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned to 3CR.